I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for the fifth stage of the Tour de France Femme avec Zut from Onay-le-Chateau to Albi. 126 Ks, a really difficult stage again, like hard, medium mountain. This is an Ardennes classic in one when you consider the length of Liège and flesh. And there's a collection of categorized climbs in the last third of this stage that are really, really difficult, all pretty much over 6% gradient, some steeper. There's a bonus sprint for 6.4 and I think 2 seconds with about 30Ks to go. The finish is, yeah, like flat and mostly downhill the last 25Ks, but with how hard it was beforehand, the hard start, this is a really tough ask for sprinters. Even someone like Mariana Voss, to make this finish, even a Capecchi if it really kicked off on those climbs. But there was news regarding a sprinter Benji uh, before the race even started. Yes, Lorena Wibis, the uh, fastest sprinter in the world, out of the race. Stomach issues, a lot of stomach issues going on in the in the peloton here. I heard as a rumor this morning as well. But unfortunate that we have to lose riders because of it, and it's a big one as well. It's a major factor. It's one rider that is the works is losing, and a rider that if she gets over these hills can sprint if she gets to tomorrow she can sprint so it changes the dynamic of the race not just of tomorrow's stage but also of today's stage where some other teams might not see sd works as the all-out favorite of the stage anymore and we saw uh, an explosive start we saw numerous teams trying to get in the breakaway patinio of movistar reacts to a group that has bradewald in it so i kind of like that movistar always responds by putting a rider in a breakaway that has sd works just in case they need a defensive satellite rider or an offensive satellite rider at some point. But a relatively large group with the likes of Artyas, Steels, and so forth. I won't go over every single rider here because the break doesn't actually end up making it. But the gap stays at 30, 40 seconds because Phoenix, EF, and WNT, who missed the breakaway, are pacing behind the, the breakaway here. What's your take on that? Yeah, just like yesterday, the gap went to the breakaway was... 10 minutes, no one chased at all. And then other times it seems it gets caught or chased so tight that like halfway through the stage, the breakaway will get caught. And that seemed to be the case, like with such a tight leash before these climbs, you know, which are all very difficult. And with, with all due respect, no Yara Kasterlein in that breakaway. Yeah. Uh, Claire Steels, I would, Claire Steels, I know I said her name Belgian, I guess, because she's. Easter <laughs> Stein steals, but um, Claire Steels is the strongest rider probably for this parkour in that breakaway. But yeah, it's it's a tough ask for them, and I don't know. I couldn't really figure out what SD Works' plan would be. With I thought actually with Vibers out, it would be a blessing mm-hmm. in disguise because they'd be like, oh well, you know, can't go for Vibers. We may as well make it a hard race for Vollering and and Kopecky. But before that even happened, in this sort of the first two hours in the undulating run-in, and this is the big difference between, you see Movistar, right? If AVV has a problem, mm-hmm. Gutierrez waits, Bianich waits, uh, yeah. Norsgaard waits, they're all around her. And, and it's like a real traditional GC-focused team. And Vibas is out, 
Bradwell's in the break. So SD Works have five riders in the peloton. No, four. If I fucking do maths, can I do maths? Yes, four. <laughs> can I hold on? Bradwell in the break. Vibers out. Seven riders start. Five riders, and then Volering has a puncture, and so she's got Royce, Capecchi, Chikini, Majerus in the peloton. Yeah. No one waits for her. I was really surprised. I was extremely surprised that. I saw no one waiting, and maybe sometimes you see the rider waiting, and then later a domestique showing up within the the convoy already to try and deliver her back to the front. But we only saw the car with her, and they didn't necessarily change the entire bike. They didn't do a bike switch. They fixed the rear wheel puncture by putting a new wheel in, and that's that takes more time, obviously, than just giving you a new bike. But I also guess that a reason for that could be that. They prefer their first bike, their primary bike. Maybe the second one isn't as as tuned in, even though it probably should be at that point. But we get going again. That's where the trouble starts even more, because obviously there's a rule in the rulebook of the UCI that you can't drive behind cars. But in the majority of situations, when it's not exaggerated, the commissaire kind of allows it. Because teams, when having mechanicals and so forth, tend to bring their rider behind the car towards the back of the convoy, then that one rider kind of worms its way to the front with teammates usually, but there's no teammates here, and the SD Works car immediately gets Volring on the back of the car, not obviously touching the car, but just behind it to have as much draft as possible, and they ride to the back of the convoy, and I think if they would have stopped here, I don't think there would have been issues. But then it continues where the car goes on the left of the other team cars and starts driving through the convoy, at a certain point, it has to avoid a different team car and has to go into the ditch, kind of, to go around that team yeah, car with a, with a rider ahead of it. If that car had to brake, following would have been through the back window. That rider ahead probably escaped something. So that was super dangerous. That's not okay. And not just was the drafting excessive, I think it's also an accountability factor of the driver of that car that also should get a penalty. But there were penalties, eh? Yeah, we. I'm not sure if it was clear at the time, but Volring gets mm -hmm. a 20 second penalty. To be honest, a pretty light penalty. You've seen, yep. like, look at Eckhoff in the World Championships, and yesterday I think one of the riders got a one minute penalty. So only 20 seconds. I mean, it makes no sense because normally you're once you're back in the convoy, mm -hmm. you just work your way up the cars. Then there's no need to sit on the bumper all the way. Like that's you rarely see that, and it could have ended in disaster, not for, for Volering, for, for anybody. So, yeah, that was, I don't know what they're doing uh, at the moment. And yeah. You say it's not a major amount of seconds. I think they probably also kept in mind that she's playing a role in GC and didn't want to ruin the race, which shouldn't be a factor on paper when rules are applied. But yesterday, Miotestad of UNOX. I didn't see the specific situation. I don't know if it was more extreme than the situation we had today, but I'd be surprised if something more extreme is possible in drafting back to the peloton than endangering half the convoy. But um, she got a one-minute penalty in GC yesterday. And then I'm kind of thinking, okay, is that, is that really fair? I'm just, I'm just happy that she had some penalty because that should not be happening. And I also think that the driver should be fined of that car. and. To be honest, if it wasn't for SD Works having a single car in this race, a single team car, then I'd be asking for the driver to be disqualified for a day or, or something from the race because that was shady. 
Yeah, and yeah, anyway, it's it was unnecessary and it's not the first mistake they've made so far. It would have been easier if they just had teammates with her, to be honest. Yeah. And we get to the Cote de Najac. The breakaway is basically caught as the peloton does the right-hand turn into that climb. Mm-hmm. And with Canyon Strand missing out on that breakaway, you know, they, and with Paladin of Udoma, uh, Balfind, they... They're just a great team for this parkour, but it's actually Israel <laughs> pacing. Steels, who'd been in the breakaway, keeps pacing. And on that first climb already, Voss and Cool are gone. So, and not just like a little bit hanging on. No, they're properly dropped. And then there's attacks because I think hopefully Castelline and even Vandervelde the day before have opened the floodgates and they're showing that, you know, SD works are quite exploitable here. And if you get up the road, you can put them under a lot of pressure. And so there's a, t- first of all, a Castelline is kind of pacing a group that's all five wide. She takes the QOM points. Castelline goes into that jersey because uh, Anuska Costa was dropped. So Castelline goes in by four points uh, because of the first categorized climbs. And then Bauerfind attacks on the second climb after a flurry of attacks. And, and SD Works were trying to control, but they weren't joining any of them, which I think is 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 a mistake but she gets a gap there's a bonus second sprint at the end of a climb coming up and i was like surely surely sd works want volering to get six seconds if it's is it six seconds right like yeah it's six surely why aren't they why aren't they controlling for volering why isn't Kapeki pacing for volering to get the six seconds uh but they didn't and so balfine just takes a 20 30 second gap over that climb yeah and in fact i think um movistar did a really good strategy again which is they're sending a lippet to contest the sprints so van vlerten doesn't have to to take away the bonus seconds for volering who got none behind i think movistar is continuously showing that they are tactically a better team than sd works at the moment yes they also made mistakes but not of the size that SDWorks has been doing the last two days. And I would have expected SDWorks to go for this for this intermediate bonus sprint because six seconds is so valuable. And Mormon does end up beating both Volring and, uh, and Lippert. But I also feel like Kopecky didn't necessarily do a lead out there for Volring and so forth. So there, there was no full-on preparation for Volring to take those seconds in the first place. And I think those are valuable seconds that are gone. And we get over that top, like you said with a situation where Barnfine gets such a gap because no one starts pacing behind, of a minute 30. And I think SDWorks was trying to bluff again. I think they were trying to bluff, hoping that someone else would pace because they are limited in the amount of domestiques right now. They're Royster, Kopecky, and they've got Volring in that group. No one else is there. So would you expect another team to take over because they have no real reasoning? Or do you feel like Barnfine is a danger for top five com- candidates for this race? I mean, yeah, I'd be kind of scared if I was a top five fringe rider with mm-hmm. Bauernfeind. I mean, she looked a bit bad in the early stages where I thought she'd be better, but now she's a serious rider. She came fifth on Covadonga in La Vuelta and third on the shorter climb, not far behind Volering and AVV on the third stage, I think, in La Vuelta. So she's a serious rider and, you know, this isn't even her terrain. And I think SD Works, they wanted Royster to get over the last climb. And that's why they didn't pace at all. And that's the problem. It's very similar to 
DSN the other day. It's like, you need to manage this gap. I know you want to keep Royster over that climb, but if it's Volering, Pacing, or mm -hmm. Kopecky herself, it was very clear they wanted Kopecky to win the stage. That was like, Kopecky winning the stage was the goal before the stage started, as the stage was happening, yeah. in the final. Kopecky winning the stage, that was the goal. That's very difficult with Majerus, Cicchini, and Bredevold dropped and Viva's no longer in the race and Volering yeah. here for GC. That's a lot of work on Royce's shoulders on here, very hilly. This is proper Ardennes terrain. So you, that 130 gap to, to Balfind, I was like, if she doesn't get help, they're not bringing it back. And finally, no one should help, really. I don't think anyone should help. Mm -hmm. um, in re what you hope for is that Royce brings it back or maybe Volering even herself goes on the front, and then you can counter late, and I think all the teams, are, they're not going to be tricked anymore. So I didn't expect anyone to help. Exactly, and when Royster goes to the front, it actually starts going down significantly. We go to a minute, we go to roughly 35 seconds, I think was the lowest gap when Royster was at the front of the group, but we had some counterattacks left and right that Royster was also controlling, an attack by Artegist, for example, that Royster was controlling that already helped a bit with the gap being closed. But when she was at the front, it was really going down, but it started stagnating at 40, 39, 38 seconds to the point where I was like, oh, I thought she would easily catch her still. But Barnfind is fucking talented and she's keeping it up at the moment and the gap is not going down anymore. So Royster might be emptying her, her tank a little bit here. And I'm also thinking on the other end, or they may be trying to make sure she catches her towards the end because you got to keep in mind that other attacks will follow if Ricarda Bauern find is caught. But it was too extreme to the point that I was not expecting Bauern find to be caught anymore. But then, then Royster attacks the group with Lippert. And I did not understand that. I think someone just lost the wheel on the, on the descent, and Lippert's a really good oh. descender. Um, I don't think it was that, I don't think that was the plan. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, there's a split. The gap had been, it was down to 35 seconds. But I didn't think she was ever being brought back, Balfind. I've never seen a race. The the ratio of motorbikes to riders in these finals is incredible. Balfind had it's seven. Seven. Like, how is it possible that there needs to be seven motorbikes around her? One photographer, one commissaire, one TV coverage. I'm at three now. What are the extra four doing? Seven motorbikes plus a car. Okay, maybe another one for the Shimano Neutral Service. When they're still at four, like, it was incredible. The, and they were close, too. The Shimano Moto was, like, right on her, her back. And you get a draft. If there's a vehicle draft behind you, you get a draft benefit. And then the Moto was in front of her. So she was in the pocket of, like, all these Motos. I'm like, Royster can't do anything against this. And listen, I don't mind. Like, Balfind, I think I picked her for the podium or Dark Horse for the podium. I'm very happy she won this stage. But realistically, like, it shouldn't be the motor should not be that close and that's why you see like the best time trials in the world maybe yeah. Royce not gaining any time on like a 40 kilo rider on the flat who's been out there for 35 kilometers and this is a big part of that um but yeah Royce gets the gap doesn't stop immediately and go to go back to the group she's down to 27 seconds she has Lippet on her wheel Lippet starts pulling which i think is smart because now if SD Works have realized Balfine's winning the stage, you, what you would do would be do a lead out with Royce Kapecki 
for Volring to get second to take bonus seconds because yes. the stage is gone. But Lippert, who is the destroyer of bonies for Movistar, <laughs> she starts pulling. And I thought that was a great play. I yeah. think it was also for the stage. I think that's why she was mainly pulling. I think for both. And it's also clever to keep on pulling regardless of the stage, like you said, to take away the bonus seconds. But I'll be honest, I think if those two riders are not ahead, that the way SD Works has been racing the last two days, that I would have seen Volring doing a lead out for Kapeki and losing out on bonus seconds anyway. I do not have confidence that they would have made the right decision there. They had a plan at the start of the day, and I think they would have kept on going regardless of them losing bonus seconds at the finish line doing so. Because that's the level of team car decisions we've seen the last two days. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's, kinda, it's kind of disappointing also to, to see that because I don't necessarily blame the riders for that. I think the DS should be more on it when it comes to a lot of things in this race. And yeah, they're missing out on bonus seconds with Volring again. And with that 20 second penalty, we're talking about a deficit to Von Vleuten before we get to the mountains, which I bet Movistar would have been happy if, if Von Vleuten was within 20 seconds yeah. in GC. I think so. And yeah, that's what happened. Bauer finds, here's the tell. Is she just going for the stage or not? Powers through the line. And by the way, like her bars, they need to, the UCI needs to do some rules about the width of bars. Like the women need to have a lower minimum bar width. Um, Is she the minimum? Pardon? Did she have the minimum one or? I don't know what, what bar she's using. Because it, like, looked, it looked wider. Yeah, but anyway, not a problem today. And the tell was no post up, no celebration. <laughs> she rides through the line full gas because she's here for GC. She doesn't even care about the stage. She does, but. She's here for GC, and that's what I want from a podium dark horse, Balfind. The third World Tour win for Canyon Shram this year, who hadn't won a World Tour race since 2019. <laughs> they hadn't won a World Tour race in four years, and they're back. Niedermeyer won. Dye gets back in form. She could have won more. And now Balfind wins a World Tour stage, and Nuvia Doma's also yeah? looking in good shape. But this is the prime example of how important deaf teams are in this sport. Niedermeyer and Barnfeind both are coming from the Canyon Generation team, Canyon Shram Generation team last year. They were so bloody talented. They were winning left and right while being on that team. And then they moved up and they are immediately winning on World Tour. That is proven development of those riders. And they're just so talented. But it's also nice to see that a team is able to keep the riders from their deaf team and bring them to their own World Tour team, and then see them grow up in their own environment and deliver at the top step. And I think this is a crowning achievement, not just from the riders, but also from the development pipeline that Canyon Shram has built over the last few years. And where, what is the limit here? Because like Niedermeyer and Barnfein, Niedermeyer was climbing like crazy on that stage she won in the Giro Don, where I think she attacked early, then Labu tried to attack behind her as well and towards the end of the stage she still ended up winning but she's climbing super well and she climbed she climbed next to Van Vleuten at a few moments on, on the Giro Don race Bauernfeind we saw in the Vuelta climbing at a very high level as well and now being able to do this I'm very curious to see what she will do on on Tourmalet for example where will she end up in GC for example and I didn't wonder what is the next step so are we going to see a, a Bauernfeind Niedermeyer duo 
uh, duo next to Nivia Doma at the Tour de France from next year. All three riders going for GC. <laughs> this team could actually be built to a, a monster team with this talent. I know, 20 years old, Niedermeyer. 20. <laughs> and Balfind is 23. It's crazy. Like, they're so... And Nivia Doma's, you know, she's still got a lot to give. You look at how long the career of... Um, uh, Van Vleuten's been, you know, N Nivea Doma's only 28. So, and yeah, I think they're really on the up and up. And it's fantastic to see them win like this. And also, now they have two GC threats because, as I said, Balfine wins the stage 22 seconds ahead of Royce, who then, whilst not pulling, mm -hmm. outsprints Lippert for second. So the bonies are all gone. And then Kopecky sprints from the group to take fourth. I think, yeah, SD Works wanted her to win today and Vollering didn't sprint. In terms of, oh, Cavalli lost nine seconds in the finish again. Um, yeah, but anyway, but... In, yeah, she's not here for GC. Anyway, for GC, <laughs> Capecchi keeps her yellow jersey, but Mulman moves into second. Elisa Longoborghini, <laughs> Nivia Doma and Van Vlerten all into third on 49 and 51 seconds. Castellan's actually now in sixth on one minute. Is she finishing that group? I think she did. I think she was on a minute already yesterday, if I recall correctly. Okay. Um... Uh, this she'll be difficult to get rid of from the top 10, Castellan. Yeah. And Vollering's now in 7th on 103, but more importantly, she's behind Mulman, 14 seconds, and behind ELB, Nivedoman van Vlerten, she's on 12 seconds. Lippert also quite close, and now Bauenfein moves up 9 spots to 9th. She's on 138 within 40 seconds of the rest. That's close enough that you can't just ignore her. Um, yeah. This weekend, I don't know what her TT will be like, but based on today, it might actually be not too be bad. Good. Yeah, so if she goes on cold spin, that's a problem for other teams. One thing, when it comes to Yara Castellan, we saw her grab QM points all day, and she's now on 23 points. And I took a look at the parkour of uh, Aspan plus Tourmalet. Aspan's, if I recall correctly, 10 points on the first cat. And then Tourmalet... I'm going to guess that's 15 points, but I'm not 100% certain. If that is indeed 25 points across that stage, then Castellane can secure the QOM jersey tomorrow completely. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, and I think she'll... Ooh, that's good. Yeah, I think the break will, get, will be kept very, very tight. I think so too. And there's a reason for that. But yeah, right. just to, to round off the GC discussion today, it's just more of a, a continuation that... SD Works have, have really bet everything on, on stage wins, not for Vollering in these first four stages. Yep. And it hasn't worked out in a couple of them because, which is good, because the other teams have been quite, have been wise to it. And Canyon Shram have multiples. When it's just near the Adoma attacking, it doesn't work. It has to be a Paladin, a Bowen find. And it worked today. And yeah, I really hats off to them. And I was, I was excited to see them win the stage. But. And then she gets the 20-second penalty on top, and it's like, wow, now, now you have to attack and drop Van Vleuten on Tourmalet, and you also, who knows with the TT, you might lose some time, I don't know. Um, yeah, That could be close. How much time does she need to gain on the Tourmalet? So it's, uh, it's going to be literally an uphill battle. Um, but yeah, uh, maybe she's just too good anyway. I don't know. It's very possible that Vollering drops Van Vleuten on, on the Tourmalet, but it's also very possible that it's the other way around. It's possible that they both ride to the line together, that neither can drop the other, which I think is slightly unlikely. I feel like 
there's going to be some difference on the climb. It's also such a long climbing effort. And then I'm asking myself, now the difference for Van Vleuten is eight seconds ahead of Volring. Does that change Movistar's strategy for those stages? Are they going to be launching it from Daspin? Maybe what... I, I would expect them to launch from Aspen before Volring was behind. Because they're going to need every bit of pressure on the climbs as possible. And they already, they already did it last year. Yeah. Every climb that came, Van Vleuten just launched it from the bottom. And I don't necessarily see her changing that. But I'm also thinking, what if Movistar once again is able to put a Patino or a Gutierrez in the breakaway early in those stages? They have a satellite rider up front. That's also something I see possible the way that SD Works is currently not able to really control the, the breakaway formation. But I think that kind of brings us to tomorrow, right? You, you mentioned when it comes to those QOM points that it's going to be a tough stage. It's in total a stage of 122 kilometers from Albi to Blagnac. It's a sprint stage on paper. On paper, it's a sprint stage. With the loss of Webus. DSM might be the team that needs to control things, right? They have to go all in DSM. They have to. It's their best opportunity to win a stage because the TT will probably go to one of the one of the, the two GC leaders or Roycer, and then the Queen stage will go to one of the two big guns, most likely as well. So this is their last chance to win a stage. And now as Vibas out the door, I mean, this is a golden opportunity for Charlotte Cool to win her first Tour de France Femme of X with stage. And from Albi to Blagnac, 122 kilometers. Yes, there are four category four climbs that are all about, I would say, five minutes or less, uh, maybe maybe six minutes, some of them, but none of them above 6% or like 5% roughly. The last one of them is with 40Ks to go. They should be able to control this. And I think Jumbo Visma will help them because Voss was pretty sprightly in the sprint the yeah. other day. It's not a lock that Cool wins because yeah. she was she can be out of position. Yes, she's probably quicker than, than Voss, but Voss's positioning is and consistency is better. And maybe she feels better at this point in the race. I don't know. So I think Jumbo Visma will help too. Maybe a Consoni at UAE might yeah. be triggered to have UAE pacing, but they have like multiple riders that are still trying to hanging in GC, so they might not be able to afford that many riders at the front, but I feel like the secondary row of sprinters might be helping DSM out a bit, and it, I think it's going to be difficult for the team of Phoenix to be able to get Castellane in that breakaway, but if they can get her to the bottom of those climbs, even remotely close to a breakaway, then she's so bloody strong that she might bridge it if it's like 20 seconds, 30 seconds. But I'm I like, think I think Phoenix yeah. to Koenig need to help DSM control the break. And then on all Initially, the yes. No, on the whole stage, and then and then try and bring it back super early, and just have no breakaway like the other early stages, which is like you don't you don't normally expect that, but mm -hmm. that's sometimes happens and has happened in this race where there's literally no breakaway on a sprint stage, and then every cat four cast line just sprints and does and gets the points. I think that should help TSM. I think both is a gamble. Or she gets in the break, which is ideal. But she's on one minute in GC. She's on one minute in GC. I don't think they'll let her. I don't know about that. You reckon they're in. actively controlling Yara Castellan and and riders yeah. in that in that jar already? I don't think that those teams are considering her a GC rider yet. Yeah, I mean, and she probably won't go all the way either. 
um, to the finish, even if she yep. was in the breakaway. But it's all about those early Cat 4 points. So th it'll be very interesting. That A lot of that, probably the first three Cat 4s, will be before coverage starts, at least the first two, maybe. Uh, but we'll definitely see the last Category 4 climb on uh, the TV coverage. But yeah, I'm going with uh, Mariana Voss to win tomorrow's stage, uh, just because... I think DSM are still going to have to work pretty hard tomorrow and maybe their lead out's a little bit burned by the end. Yep, I think so. That's also an option. Whether they can catch the breakaway or not depends on how many teams decide to fight for the breakaway and how many teams decide to fold into the let's help DSM control the, the peloton group. And I can't necessarily blame a UAE if they do it for Gonsani. I can't blame a Yumbo if they do it for, for Vos because those riders are competitive. Even though Cole on paper... On paper, Cole is a better sprinter, but there's so many small like things where that could go wrong. Her crash in Belgium tour, for example, that might still be might, might still have impact her. Was it an illness? I, I don't actually remember which of the two it was. But um, she also had a bad position in the last sprint, so might be something there for other teams to to find hope that their sprinter might beat her. So, but I'm gonna go for. Um, is there a rider that could benefit from a late attack? During the last few kilometers, if DSM spend their entire team chasing the entire day? Yeah, Royce. Also possible. But maybe she will. Demi Vollering. Uh, Lisa Longo Borghini. <laughs> Grace Brown. Grace yeah. Brown's looked a little bit out of not in great form. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. I think it will be a sprint, though. Uh, but maybe people are tired and mm -hmm. it's like, uh, yeah, there's too much fatigue in the legs to control the final. I can't wait to watch. Uh, but it's going to be. Pardon? Who wins? Uh, Voss. I said Voss. Cool. Okay, let's go. There we go. Two Dutch, two Dutch riders. That's a, that's a change-up. Dutch riders being good at women's cycling. <laughs> <laughs> Even with Vibas out, it'd probably still be a Dutch one, two, three. Um, <laughs> is there a third Dutch sprinter here? Um, anyway, that's all from us today. Is there any other suspensions? Has the UCI Disciplinary Commission got anything else? I don't think so. There are some rumors <laughs> that Morgado is going to UAE now in Portuguese oh, okay. press. He was always so that's wasn't he? interesting. Um, he was a big, he's a big Portuguese U23 talent. I think he, um, he, he's the mustache man from the World Championships last year in the U23 against Emil Herzog in that attack. So that's going to be a curious transfer. But outside of that, I don't remember too much when it comes to extra penalties. I don't think there's been other suspensions. So I guess uh, the UCI has gone through their black book and all the riders have been suspended, I guess. Olgado, yeah, huge talent, like... I think uh, that wasn't the story that he was with Herzog in the in a in a two up move in the World Championships Junior Road Race, and they're both on the same trade team. And Herzog was like, um, Herzog was like, "Oh, do you want to do you want to just agree who wins?" And Morgado's like, "No, we race for it." And Herzog beat him anyway. Um, but yeah, Morgado's supposed to be the next big thing in Portuguese cycling. Very, very highly touted. The mustache is insane. He looks 30 years old and he's been linked to UAE for a long, long time. Whether that tweet's been deleted or not, I know Ineos had an interest in him too. Uh, so it seems to be between those two teams. And I still think from what I've heard that UAE are the team that, I mean, he, I think he's a big fan of Almeida. So I'd be surprised if he wasn't going Ooh, there. One more thing. I am hearing from one person that is in a different team that Vollering's penalty might be one minute, but I haven't seen confirmation on of PCS, that. On PCS, it's 20 seconds straight after the race and on the on the live broadcast, which maybe is what PCS yeah. took it from, because Vollering finished in G3 
which is the Van Vluten ELB Nividoma group. And then it was immediately on the live broadcast that showed the classification for GC, the provisional, and she was on a 20-second gap, which she didn't have on the road. So yeah, we everyone assumed 20-second penalty. In the what, TSO now? timing, general classification, she lost um, 20 seconds in GC. and I so don't on TSO. See a, yeah, I don't see an official report yet on TSO, though. Like, the, the post-penalty report isn't on there yet, I oh, think. Oh, you're getting scammed by the chat, Benji. No, I'm not. By an actual <laughs> team member in the Women's World Tour at the race right now. Not Jack. I mean, it should be a minute. <laughs> if the yeah. rider yesterday got a minute, why wouldn't... Uh, 20 seconds seems light for that. Normally it is more. Yeah, I, f I don't know. I actually don't know. I generally don't know. But hey, we don't know. On paper right now, it's 20 seconds. But it might expand throughout the evening if the report shows up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be a major deficit to... Uh, a minute, Bring good back. luck. Good Jesus. luck. Yeah, oh. I mean, that was what it was on Kovadonga. Tomle is harder, yeah. though, but Kovadonga, it was about a minute, and AVV held on. Anyway, we'll see, we'll stay, we'll keep, uh, keep abreast of that, and hopefully, I mean, at least for the race's sake, I think hopefully it stays at 20 seconds, but yeah, I wouldn't feel too sorry for them if it was a minute either. But yeah, thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you with the recap of probably a sprint in, uh, in stage... Six tomorrow. Till then, ciao.